0: Hello, and welcome to the My Hormones, My Health podcast. My name's Laura and I have PMDD. Come with me as I navigate my way through the highs, the lows, and the lowers of all things relating to hormones and health. I can't promise that I'll have all the answers, but at the heart of everything I do, I'll be aiming to spread a message of hope that a life with hormone or health issues can be compatible with a life of joy. Welcome to episode two of the My Hormones, My Health podcast. Well, if you made it this far, then maybe episode one wasn't too bad, but thank you for tuning in again. Today is all about the story of PMDD and me, past to present. This is a story that I wish I'd heard myself years ago, so it might be a great episode if you have PMDD or think you do, but also if you know somebody affected by it, like a friend or a loved one. But if you don't sit under the PMDD umbrella, that's totally fine because as I said in the last episode, this podcast isn't just aimed at my fellow PMDDers, it's aimed at anyone affected by hormones or health issues and today isn't just about PMDD, it's about my experience of symptoms, my diagnosis and how I'm learning to manage it. So I think there's going to be a little something for everyone. I'm going to try and keep it in some sort of chronological order, but I apologize in advance if I do get sidetracked and a bit distracted. You might just need to sit tight and bear with me. So I was asked recently what my first experience of PMDD was, and honestly, I've got no idea. So for lots of people there's this huge moment where they experience symptoms for the first time and know straight away that something isn't right. But I think because I've been battling with PMDD for for so long and also I just didn't really know what was normal and what wasn't normal for hormonal health, I never questioned if there was something not right. But since I've been asked that question I did um, actually have a bit of a a memory and I do remember when I was about 13 or or 14 my best friend was going on holiday to Florida for two weeks and I just remember I absolutely cried my eyes out um, because I was going to miss her Um, and that sounds really cute um but I just remember at the time thinking I don't know what I'm going to do while she's away and it wasn't a nice cute feeling of oh I'm really going to miss my friend it was actually a really scary feeling of being just totally overwhelmed and um I don't think I've ever actually told my friend about this so it's a little embarrassing but if you are listening then hello and I did miss you while you were away on holiday um in hindsight I think that's probably not a normal reaction to your friend going away but I don't know I'll never know really if it was linked to my menstrual cycle but I do remember those feelings really clearly and they're absolutely similar to what I do experience um, during my luteal phase now. As I say I was about 13 or 14 so that's probably when I was kind of starting my periods. so it's just interesting to think back if that was probably one of the earlier hormonal episodes for me. So if we skip ahead a little bit now to when I was away at uni I just remember life being really hard at uni so I think it can be hard for a lot of people anyway but I lived away from home I missed my friends and I didn't really feel like I fitted in at uni so I did have good friends but I never felt like I was at home when I was away. I didn't need a very healthy lifestyle but then hey I was a student But looking back, I can see how much that probably affected my hormones. I was in a relationship that I just shouldn't have been in. I was definitely suffering with depression. And something that really stands out is how impulsive I was. And I was making really rash decisions. Um, None of these were like really harmful. But we're talking things like cutting all my hair off, getting multiple piercings in random places. Um, And in my third year of uni in particular, I was binge drinking quite a lot with my friends, shopping a lot. And I think a lot of this on the surface probably just seems like quite normal for a student to do. But it just wasn't really me. I'm quite sensible usually. I think my friends from back home were quite worried. I just wasn't behaving like myself. So at the time, I was on the contraceptive pill and I can't really remember which one but knowing what I know now about contraceptives and how they can really play with your hormones it's really easy for me to see why mixing that with my own healthy lifestyle I did struggle with my mood swings so much So as I was coming to the end of my third year, I knew that I needed to choose between staying and living where I was or move back home. And I knew I needed to start looking after myself, and I wasn't doing that in South Wales. I knew I didn't have enough to stay for, so I moved back home. And I think actually that was probably the best thing that I ever did. So for a few years after that, I was using various contraceptives, different pills. I was on the injection for some time and none of them really agreed with me in that I'd always have migraines and you know, really bad period pain. I was still suffering with my mood but I didn't connect that to the contraceptives or my hormones at all. But interestingly, I was also back and forth to the GP and at this point, it was always about low mood and my reaction to contraceptives that were the purpose of my visits but yet no connection was ever made between the two. I decided to go on the mini pill, which is the one that you take every day and you don't get periods on, Um, and I took that every day for a good few years, and I do believe that in that time, it may have impacted my symptoms, and I did feel a bit better, I think back as it was like unknowingly just putting a plaster over my symptoms and dampening them them down, so I didn't feel 100% better, but I didn't have the extreme mood swings, um but again I wasn't actually connecting the pill and the mood swings but at the time I liked it because it stopped my period which I thought was brilliant and my migraines weren't too bad so it was win-win and then in the last few years I've learned more about the pill and I've just changed my way of thinking about it it began playing on my mind that every day I'm putting something into my body that's essentially unnatural and I decided that I wanted to come off the pill, which I did in September 2018. It was like, bam, the symptoms I experienced just knocked me off my feet. I never realised until I came off the pill just what it was doing. It's like it had been a cork in a very explosive bottle of champagne. And once the cork had popped, that was it. Just emotional champagne everywhere. So Gareth and I had recently got married and so I did put my my mood swings um just down to post wedding blues as there was a bit of a lull after the wedding and the honeymoon but a few months later I was at a friend's hen do and as a side note funnily enough this is the same friend who who buggered off and went to Florida and, and made me cry then as well it was a really lovely hen do it was a lovely weekend and her and her mum got a little bit emotional thanking everyone for coming and just making it such a lovely time and again it was just that kind of moment where you see somebody cry and it makes you cry and it's, it's a little bit cute and then you all laugh but I actually had to excuse myself from the room because I just had a full-on emotional meltdown and as much as I love my friend I knew it wasn't normal to be getting this emotional and um, so after that I went back to my GP and they recommended that I started on fluoxetine which is an antidepressant over the next few months I was taking fluoxetine and the GP altered my dosage a couple of times sometimes it felt like it was working to the point where I thought brilliant I'm better maybe I can come off this now and then sometimes it didn't feel like it was working at all so then my dosage would be increased and it just felt really inconsistent The whole time I I wasn't really enthusiastic about taking fluoxetine because again it just felt like I was putting something into my body that wasn't natural and I beat myself up about that. I remember thinking or just feeling really frustrated because I wasn't able to regulate my own mood and then at the start of 2019 after a few months of taking fluoxetine for depression I decided that I needed to do more to look after my health and so I started journaling and just keeping a track of my moods this does sound like a really positive step and the aim was for me to identify a trigger for my mood swings but looking back I do think that it was actually another way of me just putting the blame on myself and thinking that I absolutely should be managing my depression so mental health was becoming more of a talked about topic and I just remember having this attitude of yes it's okay to not be okay and mental health affects everyone but no 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 I can totally manage this myself thank you very much. I was starting to think that I had bipolar disorder but it's almost like the bipolar disorder frame didn't quite fit me so I would have the depressive phases it wasn't consistent depression but I didn't get the highs that are associated with bipolar so I knew it wasn't that. Fast forward a couple of months and I'm going through a cycle of eating healthy. Keeping active and feeling good, to then feeling myself going downhill, beating myself up for not keeping physically healthy enough, going into a downward spiral and feeling like the world was quite literally ending, to then coming out the other side feeling good and motivated to eat healthy and keep active all over again. And all the while, I'm taking fluoxetine and I'm taking the same fluoxetine every single day, yet in my mind, some days it helps and some days it doesn't and that is when I had my light bulb moment. I was sat watching TV one night and I saw a post on Instagram about PMDD. I think my jaw actually may have hit the floor when I read about the symptoms. I just couldn't believe that first of all there was a name for it and it was real but if it was real that meant that other people experience it too. It's not just me and maybe it's not my fault maybe I can get a cure and that's actually another story but I just felt like all of a sudden my feelings were valid and an important thing to point out here is that if you think you have PMDD it's really important to track your symptoms for a few months to be able to identify the link to your menstrual cycle because this will help health professionals to reach a diagnosis. So I was then able to look back through my journal and see a definite link ovulation I would go downhill and the day that I came on my period I was actually starting to feel pretty good after struggling for a couple of weeks so that week I went to my GP with my tracker and I've done some more research and been on various forums and Facebook groups and there's been a lot of talk about PMDD being really difficult to diagnose because it isn't very well recognized by GPs they don't always take it seriously and also also other conditions need to be ruled out with tests. So interestingly, there's no information about PMDD on the NHS website, only PMS. And according to Mind, it can take a long time to diagnose PMDD because of a lack of knowledge by medical professionals. So I prepared myself for a battle. I was ready to think about second opinions, thinking about private healthcare. And what I would say is both of thing, those things would have been absolutely right to do if you don't feel like your GP is dealing with your PMDD or any other condition in the appropriate way then it's totally your right to get a second opinions seek private help whatever, whatever you need if you don't feel heard then keep talking until you are heard it's it's really easy for me to say that now but I was definitely equipped and ready for a hard few months of seeking diagnosis I left the appointment with my GP feeling relief but also quite doubtful and this is why. So I presented my tracker, I explained how I was feeling, I told the GP about my research into PMDD and her reply was, yeah I think you might be right. So I was like, what? What What? about the tests I need to rule out other conditions? Has she even taken me seriously? Is she just fobbing me off? So I was relieved that she she had confirmed what I thought but at the same time it all also seemed too easy. So that took me a while to get my head around because I guess I just thought well if I've got the diagnosis and from here it should be plain sailing I can get treatment or a cure and I can just start to move on. So what I should point out here is Regarding the tests that I should have had at the time, well, I'd already had them. So I've had so many blood tests for my migraines, for exhaustion, for my iron, for my thyroid. So all those types of conditions relating to things like thyroid function had already been addressed anyway. Um, and in terms of other hormonal conditions like endometriosis or PCOS, well, I've never had the symptoms of those conditions. So they were ruled out anyway unfortunately though my battle wasn't actually over like I like I thought it would be my GP actually prescribed the mini pill which is what I'd been on before and her reasoning was just that you know what you're still young you're not focusing on starting a family and if the mini pills helped before then it'll help again now and give me a break from the symptoms was was how she worded it so that's what I did that's what I agreed to but I think in hindsight I wish I had questioned that more because the mini pill was never going to help me long term I didn't really like being on it and actually it made me feel that maybe I would just have to stay on the pill forever if I wanted to be cured of my symptoms and obviously that throws up a lot of questions too so long story short it wasn't a cure and it didn't help me so I came back off it Now I do still think it worked for me when I was on it years ago but I was on it for a really long time and so my theory is, and this is just a theory, it helped me over time but the first few months of being on it do mess up my hormones so maybe it just eases off after a few months which is why I got on okay with it last time, I don't know. But this idea of giving myself a break from symptoms wasn't the case, and I wasn't happy on it anyway, so I just didn't feel like it was the right thing for me to stay on it. I am gutted that my GP hasn't been able to wave a magic wand to cure me, and her knowledge of PMDD is clearly limited. You only need to go onto Facebook groups and forums and see what a contentious issue the the topic of a pill for PMDD is. But I do also want to share something that my GP did that actually has made a world of difference. She validated my feelings and she listened to me. So I mentioned coming out of that initial appointment feeling really relieved and almost that it was too good to be true that she had diagnosed me there and then. That left me feeling uneasy but when I was back for an appointment a few months later just for a separate issue I remember seeing on the on the GP screen in these huge green letters, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. I think there's a lot of talk by people, you know, PMDD sufferers and others who say that they don't always feel heard by their GP and that they aren't taken seriously. And that definitely tinted my way of thinking going into that initial appointment. And what I would say is, yes, knowledge and training, as far as I can see, is limited for GPs which isn't their fault, but the difference that my GP has made by just putting those big green letters on, on my screen just gave me the really biggest sense of relief because she's listened. She might not fully understand my condition, which as as I say is a shame, but <laughs> since then I've been looking at PMDD more holistically. A little bit of input there from, from my dog in the background who clearly doesn't like doctors um, but that's okay Um, so my GP didn't fully understand my condition and that's a shame but since then it has kind of encouraged me to look at PMDD more holistically Um, and what I do think is my GP is obviously going to play a part in helping me to manage my symptoms but so will I it's not down to the GP to fix me and equally it's not down to me to fix myself either that means I have to learn not to beat myself up for when I don't have a great day. I was looking into fluoxetine and PMDD and there's a lot of research to suggest that actually fluoxetine is more effective for PMDD when it's only taken during the luteal phase. There she goes again. Um, at a later appointment, I mentioned to my GP about the link between fluoxetine in the luteal phase for, G- for PMDD and her response was, do you know what? I'm not sure but if you'd like to try it then let's try it. My GP is a huge ally for me in my battle against PMDD and that's currently what I'm doing, taking fluoxetine only during the luteal phase and that's with agreement from my GP. I would say that it's increased the benefit as well compared to taking it every day Um, but again everyone's different so it's worked for me and it might, might not work for everyone It's important for me to say as well that a diagnosis isn't an automatic cure and although a diagnosis is helpful don't invest all of your energy in getting that. Many people with PMDD unfortunately don't ever get diagnosed but that doesn't mean they can't still work with their condition and their symptoms and as for a cure well there isn't a cure for PMDD anyway so definitely don't invest too much energy in that at the moment. I'm now arming myself with a PMDD survival kit and it does include fluoxetine, and I'd even put my GP in the survival kit too but it also includes healthy eating, yoga, walking, running, therapy, gratitude and lots of other things. They're all really important and I can't put my finger on which of those is the most important but one of the strongest influences for me anyway is self-compassion. It's something I'm really working on. It's very easy for me to get quite strict when it comes to running three times a week. But actually, running three times a week isn't going to cure me. It, it's, it might help me and it'll certainly help me on the better days. But that's all it's going to do. So putting the extra pressure on myself, not only is it unnecessary, but it's counterproductive. And actually, I'm finding that when you take the pressure off yourself, life does just get that little bit easier if I miss a run or if I don't go walking it's okay, if I don't eat healthy all the time that's okay too. It's such a brave thing to do to talk to a professional about things like hormones, mental health and even physical health. Not only can it feel daunting speaking about it out loud, it can definitely make you worry about being taken seriously and it can also feel intimidating talking to an expert. I think for a lot of people they do believe that the doctor knows best and well I would never dispute that they are the experts obviously. I just think it's really important to remember that nobody is going to know you better than you do. Experts, medical practitioners, therapists, they can only be our allies and we can certainly make use of them but ultimately the biggest advocate of you needs to be you as I wrap up this episode, I need to point out that I love positive psychology and everything I've talked about today is really important to me. But I do think that there are more things to help me to get the most out of the better days. It's very hard to practice gratitude when you're in the pits of despair and no amount of meditation will, in my opinion, fix my symptoms. As I've mentioned, there isn't a cure for PMDD, and that means for many sufferers that the last resort can be surgery to remove the uterus and ovaries. I'm not at a point where I'm seriously considering surgery, and I don't even think I know enough about it to talk about it at length. But on our next episode, I'm going to be joined by Rachel, who last year, at the age of 24, made the decision to undergo a full hysterectomy and oophorectomy, seven months on. She'll be telling her story. If you want more information about PMDD, then you can log on to the Vicious Cycle and IAPMD websites. And there's a great tracking app called MeV PMDD Symptom Tracker, which I'd recommend if you want to start tracking your symptoms. I've had so many messages already from people who want to come on the podcast, which I'm so thrilled about. But do get in touch if you want to share your stories too. My email address is hormonesandhealth@outlook.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast so we can keep spreading our message further.